this episode, we are going to be discussing uh, pretty much, you know, a hot topic, COVID-19, but not only how COVID-19 has, you know, affected everybody globally and nationally, but also how it can also affect our, you know, regular behavior. Um, One thing I think, you know, a lot of people need to think about is, you know, showcasing empathy. So um, right now, a lot of people are trying to showcase empathy, uh, you know, for others, everyone's trying to be more community-based, but we also have to think about taking care of ourselves. So myself and Carlos, we are going to kind of shed light on this topic, and we hope that everybody gets value from this, especially during this time. Carlos and I, we, you know, obviously we're pharma, you know, everybody knows we're pharmacists and the, you know, and we are essential workers, but I feel like for Carlos, since you are basically working for a nonprofit, um, how do you think, do you think this change, like what's going on right now? Do you think it just like changes your daily behavior versus like, you know, taking care of yourself? Like, what are your thoughts about what's going on right now? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's a good question. So it it is tough, um, especially at this time, because you think about so many people, like, you know, in my case, I would, you know, think of your family, you think of the patients, and then your staff, and then eventually you think of yourself. But then, like, at this point, like, it has to be like, what are you doing, too? Because there's so much that could happen with with one person being positive and spreading, you know, mm-hmm. spreading the virus. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those situations where um, obviously it's unprecedented, and um, a lot of people are going through some some hard times. But yeah, um, just try to you know stay positive. And as far as like with the empathy goes, I think um, as a whole this is a perfect time to try to figure out how to practice it or, um, you know, enhance it if you already do, Mm -hmm. because people are having a really hard time. And in this case, some people aren't used to being where they are now. Um, And I think that's, I guess, hopefully we can dive a little bit deeper in the episode on those topics. But yeah, it's just, it is kind of tough right now, I think for everyone. Um, and then especially for those people who are working right now in the, in the front lines. So when you say like practicing empathy, you know, like, what do you, can you kind of expand on that? Because, you know, for me, when I was in pharmacy school, you know, they basically tried to teach us sympathy versus empathy. You know, how can we get on the patient's emotional levels to fully understand, you know, what's going on with them, not only medically, but also like emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your, like, how do you define empathy exactly? Well, I kind of, um, I guess the, the the definition per, I think this is Wikipedia, (laughs) but, uh, it's an intuitive, intuitive, intuitive experience, um, of another person's thoughts and feelings from his or her point of view rather than your own. So empathy promotes helping behaviors that come from within rather than be enforced so that people can act in a more uh, compassionate manner. So like that act becomes 
it comes from compassion, but empathy is what led you there. Um, right. Empathy stands in contrast to sympathy, where um, sympathy is the ability cognitively to understand a person's point of view without that emotional overlay. Um, so I think hopefully with, with everything going on, we can practice all three. Um, but that's where, uh, that's how I would, I would agree with that definition of empathy. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, for me, I feel like <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was kind of hard for me to, um, practice empathy, I guess, because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you're like, you're so empathetic. Like you, you treat patients all day. Like you understand what they're going through. And it's kind of like, yes and no, like, like pre COVID, you know, when we were like in a regular world <laughs> felt, mm -hmm. even though it was like a month ago, I feel like it's been like 10 years. Um, <laughs> you know, I've always tried to bring myself um, to the patient's level. And sometimes, you know, and I know we've talked about this in our previous episodes, um, like I think it was our mindfulness episode where, you know, when a patient starts to get a bit frustrating or aggressive towards, you know, us because of their own frustrations or whatever's going on with them, it's hard for me to showcase that empathy, showcase like the care, you know, that I should be, you know, having as a professional. Um, do you find yourself having to deal with those situations like right now due to the whole panic, the hysteria that's been going on, especially with patients who um, are needing medications and, you know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, so I guess the, another way of saying like saying empathy would be putting yourself in someone's shoes and really understanding what that means. Um, uh, I would say that it now, maybe it, it's geared towards other people uh, like other than my patients because um, I learned it in school too, but for some reason it's just been something that comes really natural to me is just being trying to help people in general, um, but being able to just understand like just really kind of understand what people are going through. And it's tough in those situations where some uh, patients or in, 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 in general, someone comes with a very argumentative point of view. Um, it is difficult to put yourself in that mindset of like just figuring out what's like, what, why are they coming at you that way? And what could I do to like alleviate that situation for that person if I can and that's uh, one point that I wanted to get to um, really for a lot of healthcare providers, but also probably people that are working now is uh, empathy fatigue. Like if you already are practicing empathy, um, empathy, empathy uh, fatigue is um, a topic that was first discovered when we started talking about doing an episode on empathy, but it's, um, it's an important distinction between feeling empathetic to, and compassionate or compassion. Um, let me rephrase that again. It's an important distinction between feeling empathy and compassion, um, how they can affect your overall well-being. If you are wow. frequently feeling the pain of another person, you can experience a great deal of burnout 
So right. a common problem for caregivers and healthcare providers, it's labeled empathy fatigue. And I thought about this before, uh, when we were kind of, I was brainstorming about this episode, I, I thought about it. And I was like, man, that's something that I really thought I felt like when I was doing legit uh, retail, like at a chain uh, pharmacy, because like you see so many patients going through these things uh, with either insurance or uh, access to meds because they, you know, they can't afford it, mm-hmm. things like that. You could only do so much with discount cards and manufacturer coupons and stuff. Right. And I just, I felt like, man, I just, I've never felt like that before. And finally, you know, thank God I have a, an opportunity now to work at a nonprofit where we give the medications out for free. So we're, we see the problem and we can actually find a way to a solution that could actually help the patient. So to me, thank God I was able to get that opportunity, but a lot of people don't. So um, I think that's just something big that a topic that I wanted to shed light on with this episode. Um, what do you think about that? I love that. I mean, I, I think I've heard empathy fatigue thrown around like the term thrown around really recently, especially, you know, with all of our, you know, not just healthcare workers, you know, the ones that were seen as lesser prior to COVID. You know, I Mm -hmm. talked to you about this the other day, how I just find it really amazing and kind of ironic how, you know, when I say lesser, I'm saying, you know, our service industry workers, our janitors, our, the jobs that people don't even think about that keep the world moving, they never really got their, you know, 15 minutes of fame or however you want to put it and now because you know all of the I feel like in my these unnecessary idols you know like celebrities um those who are you know those who are in power you know now they're not around as much anymore who's who is in the front lines it's our lesser than employees that no one fought for so I feel like you know, with that, I'm sure they're experiencing a lot of empathy fatigue and a lot of frustration on their ends because they're still seeing people, they're seeing people suffering, they're suffering themselves. And, you know, how can they take care of themselves emotionally and mentally, you know, to continue the empathy, to continue their daily work? You know, I just think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. So like my thoughts on it is it's a great topic to expand on. I don't think it's going to be the last that we hear about empathy fatigue. I think it's going to be a term that's definitely going to, you know, break ground in, in the near future. Yeah, I think, um, so just, I guess, talking about empathy and if you're an empathetic provider or just in general, a person that has, that is practicing empathy, um, just thinking about the topic, how do you, like what would be a helpful resource of um, for a person that feels fatigued or like that burnout of empathy. And I was thinking about compassion because compassion is a renewable source, a, a renewable resource. Uh, when you have the ability to feel empathy for another person, but then extend and alleviate that person's pain, you're less likely to burn out because now you have a practical right solution and it may not be like in my case or like in a case where like if you were a pharmacist or somebody in the healthcare field you can't help that patient but 
and then in these times it's kind of tough because we're in a such a crazy time but like volunteering, <clears throat> yeah but volunteering somewhere where you could actually like make lunch boxes like lunch yeah. bags for people or give providing people food clothes things like that you're kind of redirecting that energy and you could actually help somebody that right way. so that's exactly. just like something i was thinking about like that's why i feel so good about what i do is because i could i feel like that every day thank yeah. you yeah I mean, and that's, and honestly, like, that's really rare to have that kind of feeling, especially in the line of work that, you know, we do where, you know, there is always a chance, like, we, I mean, you know, we are taken for granted. And, um, you know, especially since sometimes we aren't seen as a primary, you know, provider per se, or, you know, who do you go to when you don't want to spend money, but get actual proper drug consultation, you go to your pharmacist, you know, like, um, so that's really, that's really powerful to hear that. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, haven't felt the same. And hopefully, you know, during this time, you know, there are, some people are learning and developing new ways to be practical, to avoid, you know, burning out, um, especially with a lot of stress and things that are going on right now. Um, God, I know, like, it, it was like prior to this, but I definitely felt fatigued when I would work at, um, the retail job that I have, you know, I had a patient come in, she's kind of already um, battling some mental illness and things of that nature. And she came in and she couldn't afford, you know, one of her medications. And she just like, she burst in bawling. And, you know, as somebody who, I mean, what am I, you know, what can I, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> like, just to be honest, you know, when you see that, you're like, oh crap, what's going on? So she's crying, saying she can't afford her medication. And, you know, as a professional, it's like, well, what can I do? You know, you're already getting the quote unquote lowest copay that I can give you. You know, I'm doing my best to help you out. And, you know, um, at the end of it all, like I just basically ended up paying for her medication. Um, and it was just like the one that she really needed. And, you know, it was just, it was just like, not really that much, but for somebody who I guess is struggling this and, you know, that she was just really thankful, but I also felt super exhausted emotionally after that interaction yeah. because I'm thinking to myself, God, you know, like, okay, I, I did solve like this one problem, but I don't, I feel like I just put a bandaid on it. You know, mm -hmm. I just, I paid for her meds. Like, what am I supposed to do? You yeah. know, I, I didn't, I didn't find like an actual solution for her because you know, it's like you get overwhelmed when somebody approaches you like that. So I, I feel like I still deal with that. Like even now, mm -hmm. now that the pharmacy is closed door, thank God, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when your pharmacy is closed door and you're able to provide a delivery service, you know, that is, that is totally like stressful too, because there are patients who are already on maintenance meds, but there are patients who are on, you know, medication, like antibiotics and things like that, that are priority. So when a patient doesn't get their medications the same day that is promised, that's also kind of like, oh my God, but they're like, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like mm -hmm. stressful. Right. You're trying to save every, you know, like quote unquote, like savior complex. I mm -hmm. feel like I deal with that when I'm at work because I want to provide the best care possible. But when something and that and obviously having that expectation, but then when something isn't 
done <laughs> to mm-hmm. quote unquote save that patient or provide that care that I want for that patient. I just, you know, all like the emotion is just like out of me. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. Yeah, I definitely understand that feeling. Um, it says research, research indicates that compassion and empathy employ different regions of the brain and that compassion com- combats empathetic distress. So I guess from that situation, I kind of gathered that you probably were distressed and it yeah. could have been um, like what we do at the pharmacy, right? So we can't help everyone because mm-hmm. um, not everyone qualifies for you know the services that we provide, but we do those gift bags. Right. Like, and it's just like a freebie of different over-the-counter medications or just household essentials. Um, but to me, like I'm able to get rid of that distress of not being able to help them. Cause I know we can't save them all, but mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's the little token of compassion, I guess, a practical way. I don't know how that would translate in, in a retail setting. Um, but like maybe like a, I don't know, like a note or something, just saying like an act of kindness or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that's how I feel like I would try to combat that empathetic distress when you know that you really can't help someone, but sometimes you can, it's just, you just got to figure it out. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, (laughs) yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I think, um, I think finding, like you said, um, solutions to a problem, you know, that'll eliminate majority of the emotional distress that somebody may feel. Um, But it's really hard to get in that mode, right? Yeah. I mean, it's super hard. (laughs) Like to flip it. But the thing is, it's like, I felt like you got to willfully think about it. You know what I'm saying? Like definitely have to practice at it for sure. I mean, already, um, you know, everyone who is still working, um, when I like not working from home and even people who are working from home, we're all, I think we're all feeling the same anxiety. I think we're all mm-hmm. feeling the same fears of what's to come or what's not to come. You know, we just don't know. Um, yeah. so that's kind of, you know, everyone's mindset is not where it was two months ago. And a lot of people who were on the right path, you know, centering themselves or creating a good health, like headspace, it kind of, I'm sure people feel like they have to, they have to start back at square one. Mm -hmm. And I think, Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, practicing, like you said, solutions or, you know, giving yourself to like a volunteering to provide solutions, say, you know, for those who aren't able to take care of themselves. Um, You know, I think that would be a good way for somebody to kind of create the new headspace that they were trying to create prior to this, Mm -hmm. you know, because we all know what's going on. I mean, we hear it every day. We see it on the news, like 10 million people are or have filed for unemployment. Yeah. You know, like, you know, little stressful things like that. Like you hear about stressful. little stressful things. Like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, yes. like the economy's crashing. Whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, just like, oh, is you know, things of that nature. Um so I think that's kind of powerful to um give that type of tip or advice and whatnot. Mm. But yeah. 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 Uh, Go ahead. Um, so I was also wanting to maybe, if you're okay with it, kind of like 
get your point of view or maybe you dealt with a similar situation um in your past like when you because you're not from dallas correct no uh no i'm from new orleans uh you're saying kind of like the chaos Mm -hmm. like so you were affected by katrina and Mm -hmm. and having to go through that natural disaster um Mm -hmm. you know tell us a little bit about that if if you're comfortable yeah um i mean it wasn't the a, a good lesson that i learned dealing or in katrina is seeing um what would be normal people in a situation that's chaotic like that like it's really um it takes really a lot of mental uh strength to an emotional strength to get past certain things that can make you become something that you're really not but it's just a, such a chaotic time that you know you kind of you, you kind of lose control and that's that's what i feel like right now we're so used to being in control, like as much as we think we are in control, but we, we felt like we were in control right now. Like there's no control. Every day is different. Every day is new news. And mm-hmm. most of the time it could be negative. Yeah. So I put, I, I remember those days back then where there was always a lot of negative news, but like we just, we gave up that sense as a family, thankfully that like, no, we're not in control and we're really strong in our faith. Um, and mm-hmm. so we just have a lot of faith that we're going to get through this. And I think that that's what it's going to take a lot of for, for everyone. Um, just kind of letting go of that control. And then you just do do what we're supposed to be doing and just stay home right right <laughs> the love of god I know. <laughs> yeah literally stay home um while you were experiencing you know katrina um you had to you were affected like millions of other people who were affected you guys had to relocate is that for a while yeah we we went up to tennessee to one of our uncles and we stayed there for a bit until the city opened up and then we were able to move back. You know, thank God our our home wasn't affected like yeah. many others were, but the city was, you know, just devastated everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you see um, any sort of similarities with now versus back then, how things were handled and, you know, as far as like, um, I don't want to say like state economy, but even some maybe federal um, interference, anything like that. Do you think, did you experience that personally or what did you get out of, you know, that type of experience? Well, um, I think that during that, during that time and during this time, it's like just things that didn't seem prepared for. Um, And again, it's, it's one of those things where like you would, you would hope, being the the power of the United States that things are in place to you know not allow this to happen but it does and and that's where kind of like you thought you had control but you were never really in control you kind of just have to you know have that faith because otherwise right. it could it could drive people crazy and you, you see it every day now mm-hmm. like because if you don't have that you know that focus of either faith or somewhere some kind of space to get away from the negativity 
man, it could eat you up. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, kind of trying to make sure it's like an individual act versus um, focusing on what the community should be doing as a whole in a sense, because yeah, you can't control, you know, I mean, you're just trying to focus on your life and control what you can, right. you know, you can't control, yeah. you know, a natural disaster and as bad as you want it to be controlled, you know, especially now with, you know, like stay at home order orders and social distancing, um, you know, that's already a feat in, in and of itself for people still. Um, mm -hmm. So I can imagine, you know, when they were trying to rebuild the city and how FEMA and, you know, all those government funded um, programs and things like that still didn't provide the resources and care, you know, for the, those who were actively affected. Um, do you see a similarity in that with, you know, our healthcare or even for those who have been actively affected with unemployment? Do you think that, you know, things that should have been done properly back then, they need to be done properly now? I mean, I'm not too much. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I really don't. It's not like I don't trust, but I'm not really into the politics of it. I just think that it should have been done the first time. And if it wasn't, then, you know, um, who knows what's going on up there yeah. and making the, those decisions. But um, it just, it's unfortunate for the people who, who do who, or who are being directly affected by it by losing loved ones and the, the loss that's being, you know, had, whether it's financially, or, you know, or losing a loved one. Um, that's really what I, what I feel more about is because again, I don't I mean, who knows yeah. what, what's really going on. Who knows there. what's going on. We're just trying to figure it out at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't but, think we, we will. <laughs> no, probably not. But I do think, um, you know, everyone that's doing their part, you know, I wish, I think that should be more, that should be showcased more. Oh yeah. This is like the negativity that's going around there. And mm -hmm. um, I do think that everybody, I, and what I have seen more people have been more appreciative um, for, from what I, like I said, like, you know, the other day, a, you know, a patient came by through the drive-thru and was like, we appreciate you guys being open you know, you we appreciate everything you're doing and sacrificing yourselves. And, you know, she's, she's just trying to go around and, you know, thank everybody. She was like, you guys are like my third stop of the day. Um, I'm, you know, she, whenever she goes grocery shopping, she was like thanking, you know, the workers and things like that. So I thought that was really nice and um, really sweet and a good reminder to just kind of be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, I, I'd agree. There's a lot more kindness that I've noticed just from random strangers and stuff, mm -hmm. um, you know, through this difficult time that everyone's going through. It's really cool to see people go above and beyond, you know, for someone else. Um, I was going to say this later, but this was going towards like, the the uh, quotes that we usually give for our mm -hmm. uh, our shows. And I was reading um, The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. Yeah. And one of the quotes that he has is, if you want others to be happy, he says to practice compassion. If yeah. you want to be happy, practice compassion. So, like, 
this time right now, like a lot of things can turn you into a negative, you know, like negative light, negative energy, but practicing compassion, kindness, things like that. Um, so much. Um, so I think that that's uh, some good information to just spread out. Yeah, that's great. Definitely want everybody to get, get something out of that. And, um, I know myself, like I'm trying to get back into journaling again and I'm trying to, you know, quote unquote, stay mindful. And, um, it's really helped me a lot, especially, um, during this time, because it does create some sort of anxiety, you know, for me as a healthcare worker and, you know, due to the lack of, you know, resources for us, you know, protective gear, things of that nature, you know, it was kind of, I, I always tell my, uh, whenever I talk to people, I said, this is like the, the morning cycle of dealing with COVID. First, you're like in denial, then you're angry, then you're mourning, and then you, you're accepting and then you know you're trying to basically deal with what's going on and I felt like I went through that cycle <laughs> mm -hmm. when it first you know when everybody was um when it hit U.S. and the cases kept rising but toilet paper right no <laughs> hey we got paper towels today <laughs> that's awesome yeah it was exciting it was this is where we are right now <laughs> so um having to go through that um because i was avoiding the anxiety for a while because i kept trying to rationalize it to myself but i do once i went through it i worked through it i felt like it was a good breakthrough for me because i told myself okay like use your logic be be educated inform yourself focus on the facts don't focus on the hyped up you know, Facebook stories or yeah. anything like that. Um, so I think once I went through all of that, I felt like my, my compassion, my empathy that I normally give to my patients, it, it not only increased, but it also helped me be compassionate with myself mm -hmm. and be okay with myself with going through that. Mm -hmm. um, especially for like, you know, pharmacy students now, like, you know, those who are fourth years or, you know, their appies got, you know, their rotations, they got canceled. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure, you know, they were going to, going through the same things of the unknown and the anxiety, but I do think practicing self-care, mm -hmm. you know, for those who want to look at, there's so many resources out there. It's, it's crazy now, Yeah. but I do think, um, going through something like that really did help me become a better, uh, not only professional in my mind, but a better person in a sense of knowing that I can process these things correctly. Yeah. And I, th I think you hit it on the head right that, um, we're like, so we go to pharmacy school, we go to universities, we go to any, you know, place to, to learn and you learn a specific, if you, choose to learn a specific, uh, you know, science or career, uh, you expect after a certain amount of time, you learned it, you become a professional at it or a doctor at it. Um, I don't know why it's always so different for being a PhD in yourself, you know, exactly like, taking that time to, um, and like, for me, 
like the best days that I have really is if I'm if I'm able to wake up an hour early and devote an hour at least an hour to myself and just being in in the right you know mind space right. uh the whole day is like awesome uh yeah. and I just feel like being able to practice that every day consistently you just your mindset grows so big um so large and usually hopefully a positive way um but i think you you said it right there where you have to practice that self-care otherwise it's not going to just appear out of nowhere nah man like (laughs) (laughs) if you know i think like you know in previous episodes where we discussed the best relationship you can have is with yourself and you know like you know when you take that time for yourself and you nurture yourself um i really think you become not only better and it's not an overnight thing. I mean, there are people who have been working on themselves for years probably, but right. you know, it's a work in progress. You know, there's always room for improvement. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, that's up to a person's perspective of themselves. But I think that's really great that you, you know, wake up an hour early or however you practice your self care, you give yourself that it could be 15 minutes. It could be 30 minutes, however long you want it to be, you well, know, check yeah. in with yourself mm-hmm. yeah because it that's usually how it started like i mean this didn't happen overnight this was like you know back when i was in that retail setting where like you are really anxious and you try you try to find those outlets and then it starts with a five minute you know thing and then 15 then it grows mm-hmm. and now it's like you're hungry for that feeling so it's you know an hour you know sometimes it's, it's like i wish i just <laughs> be there all day you know? right addictive for sure um you know what's funny is that well I think it was like a week ago I don't remember but I had a long you know I worked a long shift at the pharmacy and normally on my days off I like to go on bike rides like with with my dogs and with Nigel um and so I came home and he's like, let's go on a bike ride. Like, it's really nice outside, you know, let's do it. And I was like, okay, fine. Like whatever. (laughs) So, and this is going to sound so crazy when I say this, but when I went outside and that first like, like burst of fresh air hit my face, it it felt like everything that had happened 10 hours (laughs) prior to that was like, it didn't exist. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just so crazy how, you know, something like so simple as like just going outside for 15 or 20, if, you know, if, you know or just taking a walk. Yeah. Take just a walk, walk to, you know, keep your distance, but mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. <laughs> walk around your backyard, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is crazy. Just how powerful, just like, just a, that fresh yeah. air hit my face and I was like, Oh, okay. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, do you have anything else to add for our listeners before we um, sign off here? Yeah, I thought, well, I guess overall, I think um, the take home message I wanted to to give out is I hope that, or that I hope people gain from this episode is at the end of the day, even through all all of our mistakes, because, you know, I, I know I personally make a lot, we're still striving to be the best human being we could possibly be. So regardless of, you know, what your faith is or what, what's going on as long as you can get from this episode that the point is just to be the best person you can be um i'd be happy with that yeah (laughs) love it 
All right. Well, I appreciate. I'm glad we're able to get back on. Uh, yeah. You know, get back on again. That's this is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, we're gonna post this, and we appreciate everybody. You know, listening in and taking the time to hear our thoughts again. And um, if anybody has any sort of topics that they want us to talk about, or you know, you can go on our Instagram. You know, going dot. You know, Rogue Podcast or email us um i still can't remember our email <laughs> so uh, gonna, what is it do you know it um is i'll it get going? back to you yeah okay um but we also we have facebook we're on instagram we just got a youtube channel so if anybody wanted to go on youtube and get some value out of our uh episodes definitely hit that up nice well right. yes everyone thank you for listening and uh stay safe Stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Going Rogue podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and more.